Gibbs and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Quote, I don't even know, man. I don't even know what's going on. For me, I can tell you this. I'm not used to the no fighting us. I'm used to us being down 100 and we're still going to pull out and win the game. He better play well tonight. We still have that mentality like we're about to win this game. We're good. Right now, we don't have that. And when was when did he say this? After the Knicks game. Okay. This is to DeAndre Ayton to Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central after the Knicks loss. I'm not used to the no fight in us. Okay, well then you better go out there and fight tonight. <laughs> what are your five rebounds against the Knicks? Where was your fight? Yeah. Not being honest. Like, where well, was you're you? right. Five you're rebounds. Wrong. You're not wrong. Mitchell Robinson was kicking your ass like you're out of position. You have 15 times you're out of position. Yep. I was a fan of paying DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> hey, you have five rebounds in the game. <laughs> you got to talk like this. Go beat somebody's ass tonight on Cleveland. Sure. You know how many free throws he attempted against the Knicks? I'll give you a guess. It was none. None. It was none. None. Yeah, I know one that. One time. He didn't go yeah. to the free throw line one time right, against the New York Knicks. This lip service by, by athletes sometimes gets gets well, ridiculous. You're going to talk that talk. Go go out there tonight and dominate a basketball game. And honestly, go sometimes. Go send Jared Allen into the stands. If I'm being honest, sometimes that's the frustrating part with DeAndre Ayton because he can talk a oh, mean game. Oh, he talks. Game. Yeah. He can talk a mean yep. game and sometimes he backs it up. Sometimes the play on the floor matches it. Sometimes the effort level the, is out give, there. Give me the quote again. Give me the quote again. Read that. Read that thing again. Hold on. I gotta, gotta put, put the gotta on. put the glasses back on. I gotta go see Dr. J. Schwartz. Go see so Dr. Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Quotes. I don't even know, man. I don't even know what's going on. For me, I can tell you this. I'm not used to the no fight in us. Right now, we don't have that. Okay, well, go start it. Yeah. Look, I mean, a, t- a hockey team gets down 3 nothing. Somebody goes and starts a fight and it gets the whole team going. Go, I'm not saying you can go start a f- Go get the team going. Go block a shot, for goodness sakes. He's seven feet tall. Block a shot. Go force the issue. Go make yourself a presence in the post. Do something. Make yourself unguardable down there. Make yourself a physical nuisance right, down right. there. Yeah. And I know this is a tough matchup because the Cavs are so big. But you're, so is he. You're right. You're a big guy. You're 6'11". You're getting paid $30 million a year. All right? You were, you're a max player by the definition of the letter of the law. Go show me why. Yeah. Go show me why. You know what? You're, you are the max player on this roster now that Devin Booker is hurt for the next month. Go show me why. And I, and I get it. He's dependent on guys to get him the ball to get his offense. Not defensively. I, 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 but defensively, he's not. Rebounding, he's not getting to the free throw line. He's not. That's physicality. That's effort. That's attitude. And it's one thing to go. You're 1,000% right. Running your mouth after a game about, man, where's the fight in us? I don't see it. Okay, show it to me tonight. Yeah. Because, I, I, because if we're making a list of the guys who have disappointed us the most, in this Devin Booker-less stretch, DeAndre Ayton has got to be near the top of the list, if He's not the top of the list. It, like, it's almost like, I'm just going to get by doing what I normally do. I'll give you nine rebounds a game. I'll, I'll get you 16, 18 points. Like, go prove that you're a, you wanted the money. Now go prove you deserve the money. But night in and night out. Mm-hmm. Like, this team's struggling right now. Go set a tone. Set a pace. Do something. Be physical in there. 
Block a couple of shots. You know, go just you know, light a fire under everybody. Like, DeAndre does talk quite a bit. And uh, I am afraid that he's not a guy that really can back it up all the time. I'm afraid of it, too. And, and there's a great story about this today on Bright Side of the Sun. And, and the game against the Cavs is set to begin in moments. And, of course, as soon as it does, we will give you updates on the game throughout the course of the rest of our show here. But the Bright Side of the Sun had a really good story on this today and, and saying, look, in this Devin Booker-less stretch, what you've got right now, you've got an old... Chris Paul, you've got let's call it like it is a limited Mikel Bridges. Like like yeah. his his efficiency tends to go down when his minutes and shots go up. It took this year for us to learn that about him, but it's fairly obvious that when more is asked of him, he's just not up to that task right now. At least not on a consistent Which, basis. And again, it's like you know you have Booker and you like you are not you know, you want him to step up now with these guys out. That's not who he is as a player. Right. You know, he's more of, a, I'm going to help you with my, he's got incredible length. He's a great defensive player. But if you're going to ask him to shoot the ball 20 times a game, that's not his game. No. And it never was. It wasn't his game in college. It's no, not his game now. But, but at least there was a hope. What do you got for me? What do you got for so me? So I don't know if you guys saw this, but Mitchell Robinson, after the Knicks game, went on Instagram and posted a video of DeAndre Ayton's pregame warmup shooting underhand baskets, making fun of it. And he referenced being the second round pick in the same draft DeAndre Ayton was the number one pick. And then he posted a picture of Ayton elbowing him on the tip-off and said, elbow to the face, great way to start a game. So like Mitchell Robinson is calling out DeAndre Ayton, the number one overall pick in his draft, because he outplayed him. Yeah, almost like, why are you goofing around shooting underhanded, granny-style, half-court, three-point shots before the game? Because it just kind of speaks to his laid-back kind of goofy demeanor and it, it's always been the knock from people that I know in the basketball world, world is that he does have that laid back but bohemian you know mentality you know and that's it that and I, I'm a big believer I, I and you, you know this oh, I, know. I know you either are aggressive or you're not you're, you're either an alpha male or you're not you you don't just develop that that okay you know today I'm I'm going to decide to play more aggressive like it, it's either in you or it's not in you if, if you're you're a laid back guy. You're a laid back guy. If you're not a laid back guy, if you then, you know, if you're an ultra aggressive person, that that's who you are. It's hard to become laid back when you're an ultra aggressive person. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that. I don't believe in that. That I really don't believe that people can change like that. Oh, DeAndre Ayton's going to become this beast and force and be this fit. No, he's a good player. He's a good basketball player. So then, player. by that very definition, he is incapable of doing the things you're asking him to do. But tonight. he's talking about doing it. <laughs> I understand. That's why that. I'm bringing but, it up. But if you're, you're going to talk I'm about doing it, wrong and bringing it up. But 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 by your words, he is not capable of playing in the style or the manner no. in which you want him to play. No, I don't believe based he is. Off of the words that he's that he's talking. No, I don't about believe right he is. Now. I mean, how many years he's been in this league right now? He's not a physical. He's not a physical dominant force. He's not that. And it's, again, it's who he is. It's his mentality. It's who I, you are. I just. Think okay. Mentality aside, Mikael Bridges. It feels like this is who he is as a player, right? Like, like he's he's there's the, the like. Think about your kid when they were growing up. Well, you saw kids who were growing up. Their shoes, you know, right? Like you buy a pair of shoes with room yeah. to grow because you don't want to buy another pair of shoes a month from now. It doesn't. I don't know if Mikel's game has much more room to grow. Kind of feels like we've learned that this year about him. Chris Paul, his game has no room to grow. In fact, if anything, it's it's shrinking. shrinking. It is. He's shrinking. As you get older, you shrink. Getting he's getting older, and his skills are diminishing. It's painfully obvious to everyone. DeAndre Ayton's game has so much room to grow. Like his does it? I I, I think with the skill set that he has as a basketball player better. 
He's got so many tools out there. He, yeah, he doesn't do go to the free throw so line. Many things on a basketball floor that he just doesn't do on a consistent. So if you ask me, and this might be a good poll question tomorrow, depending on what happens, which son are you the most disappointed in that they haven't done a better job without Devin Booker? I'm sure DeAndre Ayton's going to get most of the votes because the fans like to pick on DeAndre Ayton, but in some ways it's the right answer because his game has the room to grow. His then you got to ask yourself this question. Why did it take forever for somebody to sign him to an offer sheet? And why did the New Jersey Nets on day one, I reported this, on day one, why did the New Jersey Nets tell me that they had no interest in DeAndre Ayton in a trade if they were going to move Kevin Durant? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Not New Jersey. I told you, it's not a smart show. (laughs) (laughs) Don't throw us under the bus! We're, we're a team. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're a team. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're, okay. <laughs> I had to bring you I guys agree. up I'm an idiot. drag you down. All right? Does you that mean we share a paycheck, too? I either drag you down Seriously. or build you guys up. <laughs> team Ball, this is the dumbest show ever. You're the one who just called in the New Jersey Nets twice in 30 seconds. Are you wearing the Booker backpack, but it's inside out or but something like that? We're the dumbest show mm. ever, says the guy who called them the New Jersey Nets twice in 30 seconds. I used to go to those games when they were in. That's how you, the only way you could see Michael Jordan when I was a kid. You had to go to New Jersey because the Knicks games were all sold out. You couldn't get a ticket. But even when Jordan went to New Jersey, you could get a ticket. To answer your question, yeah. yes, that is why all nobody the saw, nobody, because like, It took forever to get an offer sheet. The, and the Nets were like, we don't want that guy. People were looking at him going, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth that kind of money. I don't right. know if I'd want to give it to him because okay. of this, because of that. The teams know. Like, they know. Yeah, well. Of, you know, that... Listen, he's not. He's not a. He's probably not a thirty million dollar player. He's probably better at being at an eighteen million dollar player. You'd feel a lot better about him, but you had to pay him because if not, you're going to lose him for nothing. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the mock drafts are starting to pile up in the NFL, and if there's any whiff of truth to them, the Cardinals could be sitting in a really good spot in a few months. We'll tell you about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Stroud harassed. He escapes again, and it's in front of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Harrison again. Stroud, like a maestro, escapes the sack and delivers a strike for the second time to his star receiver. So were you watching the Peach Bowl on Saturday night and the thought popped into your head then, this is great for the Cardinals that C.J. Stroud is playing great for Ohio State? Yeah, because every mock draft that I had looked at had him, you know, behind Young and a little bit further down. Now, we know this as it plays out. The quarterbacks, you know, the quarterbacks move up. They always rise. Yeah. Um, No matter how they do in the bowls, it's, it's, they always rise. You know, it's just the way, you know, I... Yeah, I had a cardinal angle with it. C.J. Stroud was playing out of his mind. It was, it was, he was playing great, and I was thinking, man, this is really good because you know maybe he challenges Bryce Young to be the number one quarterback taken. Maybe, maybe quarterbacks go one, you know, one two, or maybe you know one one five. And I just think, kept thinking, wherever the Cardinals end up in the draft, this may be really beneficial for them that C.J. Stroud played really good in that football game. Yeah, potentially it, it could be um, as we approach the end of the season on Sunday. Cardinals taking on the Niners. Obviously, at 2.25 on Sunday afternoon, and then we'll wait and see what happens on Monday at the head coach, general manager, you know, what kind of changes are made. But, of 
course, one of the other things we're going to be guaranteed to be talking about on Monday is where the Cardinals finished in the final standings and what draft pick they're going to have. That is an essential part of this conversation and kind of evaluating this offseason. They can't get as high as one. They can't get there. They can get as high as two with Chicago. They could get as high as three with Denver. They could drop as low as six. I think you and I agreed earlier. The key for the Cardinals in all of this is to lose Sunday. Well, there's that. I mean, that goes without saying. (laughs) Right. And and we can lose Sunday, obviously, so at least you stay at four, right? That's. But by losing Sunday, you keep all of those quarterback needy teams in your rearview mirror, which is exactly what you need to do here if you're the Cards. Yeah, you look at the projections right now for the draft, and you got Houston going number one, and and there's, uh, I think there was an ESPN mock that has them taking Bryce Young. Then the Bears, too. A lot of people think they'll go defense, Jalen Carter, and then Seattle, Will Anderson. Seattle's going to get the pick from the Denver Broncos because they were terrible this year with Russell Wilson. Um, then the Cardinals are fourth. But the team right after the Cardinals is Indianapolis. This is perfect. The thing you want more than anything is the team picking right below you to be quarterback needy. Indianapolis is quarterback needy. They're really quite. They've had a different starting quarterback ever since Andrew Luck. Every year since Andrew Luck left, it's incredible how many guys they've gone through. <laughs> they des- So as long as Indianapolis stays a game, you know, one behind you, you're in a great spot because what a team's going to want to do, I got to jump ahead of Indianapolis. Right. I just got to get who's ahead of Indy. Oh, the Cardinals are. I got to get to the Cardinal spot. That way I could jump Indianapolis. So every other team that wants a quarterback is going to look at that spot and say, I got to get it. If I, if I don't make a move, Indianapolis is going to take CJ Stroud. So I got to get ahead of them so that way I can get him. So it puts you in a great position if you're the Cardinals. Yeah, and even if you want to try to sell that kind of urgency to Indianapolis and say, hey, you guys might want to pull a Chicago Bears move when they yeah. moved up to get Trubisky and flip sw- uh, spots with us. One spot. Because you, you if you want to be sure you're going to get the quarterback you want, you need to come up to four and get him. Now, that trade in 2017, we looked it up and couldn't remember the exact details of it. The Bears, the cost of moving up one spot to get Mitchell Trubisky in 2017, they flipped first-round picks, so they traded the number three pick overall in the draft. They gave up a third, a fourth, and a future third. Okay, two-thirds and a fourth. Two-thirds and a fourth but, but to move listen, down one spot. But let's go over. You, you, look, your point was perfect. By, moving on, by only moving down one spot, you may still get the guy that you want. You may still get the player. You're going to get the same player that you wanted to get, and you're going to add two third-round picks and a, four, and a fourth. It's okay. I'll take now if I could get the if I can get the grand slam, I move down to eight or nine or ten, and I get your first this year. I get your first next year. I get your second this year. I get your third. The now, Trey Lance deal. You get the Trey. Yeah, Lance I get deal. the Trey Lance deal. But there's nothing wrong with just you know moving down one spot either and getting three extra picks yeah. and still getting the player that you want. There's another scenario too. I wonder that might transpire, and that would be a quarterback needy team moving ahead of the Cardinals and moving to two. Or three to make sure they get their guy. That would take the Bears passing on, and Seattle passing on maybe the you know the two best defensive players in this draft. Yeah, teams that are desperately needing defensive help. They are, but they're also yeah. I they, mean, need the, they need draft. They draft need draft picks help. too, right? Mm-hmm. So they, if somebody calls and offers them the Trey Lance deal, hey, we'll offer you the moon and the sun and the stars and everything in between if we can move up to two or three to get our guy. The unintended consequences of that is that one of those two defensive players, either the tackle from Georgia or the edge rusher from Alabama, drops to you, drops to you at yeah. number four. Now, yeah. I would still, you know me, 
You want you want the draft? Picks. I still want the draft picks. I still want to make a deal where I get multiple draft picks, multiple swings of the bat, and opportunities to do something. But there's there's a bunch of different ways this could play out. But you're right. Goal number one is to lose on Sunday. That's first and foremost. Then there's a little bit of scoreboard watching to see what happens on Sunday. I got I got I got to ask you. Sure, go ahead. Can you root for them to lose on Sunday? Oh, I rooted for them to lose this last Sunday. Okay. Okay. I. I yeah, I didn't. I was. I didn't work with you the last week. Yeah, no, we haven't. Okay, we haven't. I know look, it's hard for you to root it's, against. It's your hard team. for me to like but, in like when I was watching the game on Sunday. I actually found it was very easy to want them to, to lose to lose that game. Okay, you know, again, I wasn't going. Prater's, yeah, Prater's field goal is good. Oh no! Yeah, I wasn't standing on my couch waving pom poms or anything. But right. but was it? Yes, they okay, they needed to lose yeah, that game, coming along. especially because it was Atlanta. And it, you would have told that was Atlanta. a key yeah. necessary loss for the draft pick thing. They had to, and, and kind of the same with this one too, because I, I mean they yeah nothing against the Cardinals. We listen, we love the Cardinals, we want we them do. to be we great, do. but right now we just want the best draft pick possible. Right this now it's been a waste. This is the best thing for the overall health of the organization. Sorry, it's totally. And, and players are never, of course, they're never going to play like that. Right, they're never going to go out there. They, they don't care. They're they're trying to put good tape out there so they can get their next gig. They don't want to look like they're quitting on their team because that might inhibit them from getting their next gig. Um, if you're scoreboard watching, the probably the key game to keep an eye on is it won't matter if the Cardinals lose to the Niners and the Niners. Thank God they have something to play for. Right? Thank God. Is there any way that that game won't matter to the Niners based on the timing no. of the everything Philly game is at the same time? Okay, so the Niners are going to play Phil- the win. Philly Giants game is it thank goodness is it exactly the same time as the Niners game the Texans play the Colts all right so okay. you you kind of you know you hope the Colts win you hope the Colts win can the Texans fall out of they can't fall out of one can they I think they're they're two 13 and one the Bears, the Bears, Bears three are wins. three and 13 uh so they're not going to win. <laughs> so is they're not going to want to win. Yeah, they're gonna, no, they're, no incentive to win. No, no. This. And the Colts don't want to win either. And what do you do when two teams don't want to win? Somebody's got to win. Now the Bears are taking on the Vikings. The Vikings have a little to play for, but not a lot. They're the one team in the NFC that can't move up to number one. The Vikings can't. San Francisco can. Right. The Cowboys can. Right. The Vikings can't. Okay. I learned that yesterday. So yep. we'll see how motivated they But the Bears are playing the Vikings. They're at number two right now. The Texans are number one right in the draft. The Texans are number one in the draft. They're taking on the Colts, who are number five. And then the Rams are so taking the, on the Seahawks, and the Seahawks... So the Vikings have no incentive. I think there's... Give me a minute here. Or is there incentive to drop to go up one spot? I think the incentive for them... They should just want to play well because they haven't played well. ...is either be two or three. Okay. That's that's their incentive. Okay. So they're either going to... They're either... So this this is your incentive if you're Minnesota to play against the Bears. Okay, you ready for this? Uh-huh. The Vikings could either be the two seed or the three seed. They can't move up to number one. So they would need San Francisco to lose. San Francisco to lose to Arizona. It would be the difference between playing either the Giants in the first round... Or either Seattle, Detroit, or Green Bay in the first round. If they move up to two, they would get Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. If they fall to three, they are locked into the New York Giants. They would play the New York Giants. Now, no, I, w- I wouldn't want Green Bay right now. No offense to you, I would totally want the New York Giants if I'm the I Minnesota don't want Green Vikings. Bay. I Green, Bay's want, Green Bay's won four in a row. Green Bay just kicked my ass. Right. 
last week. I don't want I that. I mean, kicked it square, all right? Whereas the Giants very much look like a we're just happy to be here team. You know, they're, they're, I, I don't think anybody really believes the Giants are. They, they'll play hard, but you know what I mean? Like, they, they look like a very vulnerable first-round team. If I'm Minnesota, I think I'd rather be the three-seed. I don't know if I have a ton of incentive to play. To be Green honest, Bay wins their in. Yes, they're the only team at the bottom that controls their destiny. They win their in. We'll go over some of these scenarios yeah. a little later on in the show. In okay. fact, I believe we're. You know what? We're going over these scenarios next. Smartest show in town. How about that? It's like we knew what the mm. hell we were doing. <laughs> Week eighteen in the NFL is going to end in a wild sprint. What games ahem, have major playoff implications? It's coming up next in the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The big in the NFC, the two big things that are worth fighting for this weekend in week 18 of the NFL regular season is basically the top and the bottom. Everything else in the middle kind of seems relatively set. It's the top and the bottom that we don't have any answers for yet. Who the number one seed is going to be. I was watching Good Morning Football today, and they were having a really frank conversation about the Giants, who are completely locked in at the number six seed, right? They cannot move up. They cannot move down. They are locked in. They play the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. There's a rivalry there, obviously. Two NFC East teams. You're very familiar with that, being an East Coast guy. You know. Do the Giants play all out in that game to try to prevent the Eagles from winning, because that's all Philly has to do. Win, and they get the number one seed, or does Brian Dable kind of rest his guys, knowing that they've got a game the next weekend that they need to be healthy and fit and ready to go for? That's that's at least the first question we need to ask when talking about ex- the NFC playoffs. I would expect they play to win. Um, the Giants? The Giants do. Chance to have 10 wins in a season. You don't want to lose a lot of the mojo after that uh, dismantling of Indianapolis when they played so well. Uh, it's been an impressive year for them. It's been an impressive year. I mean, the Giants are in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. So uh, for them, I don't. I wouldn't expect that. I would expect they go out there and it's, they, they play hard. Even though there's nothing to gain. And they, you just, you know, they, I think they just want to keep that momentum and not take their foot off the pedal. I wonder, I mean, you know what? I wonder if it's one of those deals where they come out, get a good lather up, play for a half, and then downshift. Could be. I, I, I have a sense that's how it's going to be. And I, have, I know nothing. Just, hey, let's go out there. Let's play hard. Let's see how we do. And then at halftime, just kind of notch it down into a lower gear and, and ease our way to the end of the yeah, game. I mean, the Eagles, just the Eagles, I mean, it's like I'd lost, what, 20 to 10 to the Saints? Mm-hmm. Not playing very well right now. Obviously, the you know Jalen Hurts is expected to return to action, right? They haven't made it official yet, but he's expected to be back because they need him. participated in walkthrough today, I believe yeah. I saw. Yeah, I mean, they've lost... Consecutive games, first mm-hmm. time all season. It was consecutive games. They need him back, so and they need to win this game to win the division and get that home field advantage. It's funny again, referencing the conversation they had on Good Morning Football today. It was a conversation that was eerily similar to the Cardinals from a year ago, where they were talking about this Eagles team that you know a couple of weeks ago they looked like they were the best in the NFL. It looked like they were rolling. Then the quarterback gets hurt. Now they're not playing with the same level of oomph. And if they were to lose. 
the number one seed. If they were to go into the playoffs and lose in the first couple rounds early, what a collapse it would be. And I kept thinking to myself, man, that was the Cardinal story a year ago, right? I mean, they were, they, they had the best record in the NFC by two whole games on December 3rd and yet stumbled their way into a wild card game in which they promptly got their butts kicked by the LA Rams on that Monday night. So it's a story that's similar to what the Cardinals went through a year ago. Now, we just mentioned in the last segment, we'll mention it again. Minnesota cannot move up to number one. They, 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 the, the Niners can. The Cowboys can. The Vikings can't get there. They're either going to be two or three. And then, of course, the, the Niners, if the Eagles lose and the Niners beat the Cardinals, they're the number one seed. If the Eagles and the Niners both lose and the Cowboys win, they're the number one seed in the NFC. There's a lot kind of at play at the top. And, of course, with the new playoff format, that number one seed, they're the only team that gets a bye. God, I hate the Cowboys. I would hate for them to win a division. Get the number, and just, I would hate for too. I, I, I would hate for the Cowboys to win the division. I haven't figured out what they're gonna. I mean, th- right now, if everything stays relatively the, sta- the same, they would visit Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. And I tell you, I think that would make them ripe. For Dallas an on the Dallas on the road against Tom Brady. I I, I know he's they've stunk this year. They, they're one and done. The Bucks, they're out. They're out. They're not winning. Like. Okay, if it's the Cowboys and the Bucks in the first round, we've got a lunch bet if you want it. I will absolutely take the Bucks in that scenario. Absolutely take the Bucks Deal. in that scenario. Deal. I hate the Cowboys. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Bucks. Well, the Bucks are terrible. Okay, it's not because it's not because I like the Cowboys. Right? I know you because you just I, think I they're gonna the win. Cowboys. I just think Tom Brady's good for one. I think he'll be good for one win in this postseason. I do. The, He's the, Tom Eagles, Brady. the Eagles could go could drop to the fifth seed. Yeah, they could. The fifth seed. Yeah. Because they can't win a game. Because if the Giants beat them, if they can't win a game at the end. I don't know how. There's no track record with Brian Dable. Like with other guys, it may be a track record for how they handle the game. But, I, I mean, he was in Buffalo. I mean, so you might have to look into that. With you know what, what, they, what happened there. I don't know yeah. if the Giants are going to play hard or not. I know Philly's got to win or else they could end up being fifth or fifth seed. The two seed could be San Francisco, could be the Eagles, could be the Vikings, could be Dallas. The only two teams in the NFC that are locked in are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four, the Giants at six. Now, so I guess I was wrong when I said earlier that the only things in play are the top and the bottom. The middle's in play, too. I mean, you, you've got all sorts of things that could happen at two, at three at five, as you mentioned, if Philadelphia should lose, they could drop all the way to five. The other thing in the NFC to keep an eye on is what happens at at the bottom. It's a real simple equation for the Packers. Beat the Lions on Sunday night and And you're in. They're they're the only team that really truly controls their own destiny, right? If Seattle wins earlier in the day against the Rams... It eliminates the Lions. They're out. Now I'm gonna. I'm then gonna, the Lions have nothing to play for. I am rooting for They'll the Lions. Be down. I am. I want the Lions I would to win. Love too. to see the Lions get in. Me I think too. that would be a hell of a story to watch them I, get in. I agree. I mean, I'm, listen, Green Bay's playing great. They just demolished Minnesota. I get it. Their defense was flying around the field, and Aaron Jones is playing well. And I, I mean, I, I, I get all of that. Man, they shut down Justin Jefferson. That Jair Alexander talked a big game, and he backed it up. But I don't want to see them. I would truly rather see the Lions. I mean, that would be a great story if the Lions can can find a way to get in. And and I I like Jared Goff, and I think he'll be their quarterback next year. So I'd like to see the Lions do it. See if Seattle wins, beats the Rams. Seattle's the only team I don't kick. I don't I don't want Seattle. I'd rather have Seattle than Green Bay. I guess. Oh, see, I'd rather have Green Bay. You'd rather have Green Bay than I, Seattle. I, I I just I think Green Bay. 
I think they're going to wreck some oh, things. Brett and Favre I'm not down, rooting man. for it. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers is <laughs> out. Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers out. <laughs> I, I have a feeling the Packers are going to come in and wreck some things. I really, I don't know why. Just they're playing so well right now. Seattle wins. Detroit's out. Seattle gets in if Green Bay loses to the Lions that night. If Seattle loses so, to then, the Rams. So, so Seattle's going to win a game. To eliminate the Lions yes. and then need the Lions to play well and win when they're out of it. Seattle's yes. not getting in. Probably not. Think about that. No, you're right. We have to win, which eliminates the team that, that we, we need, need to, to win. win. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. It makes it really challenging. Yeah. I mean, because if you're the Lions, you're going to be watching that game and, and wanting so badly for Seattle to lose so that you have something to play for. And you're going to be so down when you, if, if they do win and you don't have anything to play for, you're going to, they're not going to win. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. There's no doubt about so it. So if that game was the same time, that would have been so much more beneficial for Seattle. If it was the same time. Well, and, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised I'm not the schedule maker, but I'm sort of surprised the one game this weekend that is a true winner gets in, loser doesn't game. I'm kind of surprised they put that on Saturday night. Yeah, there's no way they should have. That's the Jags-Titans game. Winner wins the AFC South, loser doesn't. And there's a there's a path for the Jags to get in, even if they don't win the South, but it's a long path. Basically, it's a winner in, loser out game. I'm sort of surprised they didn't put Green Bay Detroit at the same time because because they right. both play Detroit hard. Loses the incentive to play no hard incentive. if Seattle beats the Rams. No incentive. Yeah, they have absolutely nothing. Just finish up with try, try to finish with a good. But again, you'll be so emotionally down. Yeah, because your chance of getting to the playoffs are over, now, eliminated. I give you the AFC playoff picture. It's a mess. And it's a mess for the right reason. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it. It's it's a mess for understandable reasons. Because we just don't know the Buffalo Cincinnati situation. We don't. Now I'll tell everybody today. uh, One of the executive vice presidents of the NFL held a conference call with reporters, Uh, and Troy Vincent, I should also say, held a conference call with reporters, and once again said that when it comes to the Bills Bengals. Everything is being considered. He specifically mentioned, and I don't want to read too much into this because I don't know if this is where they're going to go. He specifically mentioned that they're going to lean on the guiding principles from COVID. And that includes the value of winning and winning percentage. And most people are looking into that. And and remember the COVID years. Basically, the league had said for two years, hey, look, if... If a team isn't able to play all 16 or 17 games, then so be it. We'll just yeah. we'll base our decisions off of win percentage. It might not be fair. It wouldn't be fair. It might not be equitable. But if we have to lean on that again for this situation, we might. It won't be fair. I, it, it wouldn't be fair to Buffalo. It wouldn't be fair to the Ravens, potentially. The only path for them to win the AFC North is for the Bengals to play that game at some point against, against the Bills. Buffalo and have Buffalo win. Yep. That's the only... So it's like you're basically telling the Ravens, hey, sorry, no chance. I mean, he, here's what we do know in the AFC. That the, the the number seven wild card is up for grab with four teams. Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, and Jags. Yes. The Patriots clinch it with a win at the Bills or a Dolphins loss versus the Jets and a Steelers loss versus the Browns and a Jaguars win against the Titans. Huh? What? That's how the Patriots get in. <laughs> a lot has to happen The there. Dolphins can clinch with a win against the Jets and the Patriots lose to the Bills. The Steelers can get in. This is crazy. But the Steelers can get in. Didn't the Steelers do this last yeah. year with Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, like the game they against the Raiders. The Remember that, game? Yeah. that game was phenomenal. That game yeah. was awesome. Steelers can get in if they beat the Browns 
and the Dolphins lose to the Jets and the Patriots lose to the Bills. It's possible. Dolphins aren't playing any good. And the Bills can win that. And the Bills can beat the Patriots. The Jaguars can clinch a wild card, but they would need to lose to the Titans and then have the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers all lose. That's your wild card scenario. It's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. I'll pull for the Steelers. Beat the Browns. Jets beat the Dolphins. Bills beat the Patriots. Steelers are in the playoffs. I'm going for Pittsburgh. I wouldn't find myself rooting for Pittsburgh very often, but I could be compelled to because Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I'm rooting for the Steelers. I would be for either the Steelers or the Dolphins probably in that scenario. The Dolphins, they're they're so much better when two is right. I don't know if he's going to get right or not. And by the way, real quick before we send it to break, there is a scenario in which the league wouldn't need Bills, Bengals at all. And that scenario is if Kansas City beats Vegas on Saturday, the Patriots beat the Bills on Sunday. And the Bills can't get the number one seed. And Kansas the, City has it. And the Bengals beat the Ravens on Sunday. Now, at that point, you would probably still need Bills, Bengals to figure out who's two and who's three. But I would imagine the league might not require them to play that game to see who gets number two and who gets number three. No, it might even just say, look, can we flip a coin or something? Yeah, or, yeah. So that scenario, KC wins, New England wins, the Bengals win. Bengals clinch the AFC North no matter what. Kansas City gets the number one seed no matter what. And the Bills don't. And so that might, the league, you know, you've brought this up many times, the league might simply just be waiting to see if it's no necessary to play Bills Bengals. It might yeah. not be. You wait till after the you admit you're going to make your announcement Sunday. Because if the scenarios break the right way, you're not going to need Buffalo to play Cincinnati. When we come back, we'll give you an update on the Suns game taken on the Cleveland Cavaliers and then a suggestion today of a big splash with a trade for the Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Suns are on tonight. In fact, they're on right now. We promised an update. We'll give it to you. There's about seven, just seven minutes to go in the second quarter. It's a 26 20 game right now. Goodness gracious. Offense. The offensive explosion. This is what we want to see, though. This is what the Suns need to do. Play great defense. Play great defense. And they are. Cleveland right now is shooting 23% from the floor. They're 0 for 11 from distance so yeah, far. There you go. This game. Good. So the defense is there. Uh, only 20 points for the Cavs. 26 for the Suns. Still on 26 again with about seven minutes to go. Uh, let's see. Your leading scorer is Chris Paul. He's 3 of 5 from the floor, including hitting his only three-point shot. Uh, Mikael Bridges has three. DeAndre Ayton has four. Good bench contribution so far from Craig Wainwright. Uh, Payne and Lee are out there as well. So, look, I, I mean, I hate to reduce it to something so basic. I'm just be competitive. They've been so non-competitive in some of these games lately. I'm, I mean, it's ugly. All right, the two teams have combined for 46 points, and there's six yeah, minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah, they're in it. But they're in it. They're in it. I mean, you know, against the Knicks, they were down by 32. They had two big. The Knicks had a big run in the first quarter, a big run in the second quarter. So, you know, that's what you want to see. Give yourself a, you know, give yourself a chance to win some of these games. Now, listen, maybe they surprise us. Uh, you know, James Jones still believes that they've got a lot of talent here on this roster. You still got Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. You got Chris Paul. He, you got to find a way to win some of these games. Because as James Jones said to us, like the seeding, like we do care about the seeding. We're not, we're not just trying to get to the, the ninth seed and, and hope we're healthy. We want to do better than that. Yeah. Uh, five of their last 11 losses by at least 19 points. Cleveland so. had lost three in a row. 
and then they and then they then they weren't playing good defense. Cleveland's been a very good defensive team this year. Um, they had lost three in a row, lost to good teams, then came back and won back to back against the Bulls. Yeah, and they've been very good at home too. I think they have the most home wins in the NBA at seventeen. So again, this game's on over at ESPN six twenty right now. I I imagine we'll end up talking more about this tomorrow because we just didn't get a lot of time to get to it today. The Ringer dot com put forth its predictions for the upcoming calendar year twenty twenty three. Yeah, there were some really good ones in here. Um, and at the end, they saved maybe the best for last. The Suns, they say, will make a king sized splash at some point this year year. Um, Mentioning a new owner, mentioning players that might be available, they spent a lot of time writing about the Lakers maybe making LeBron James available at some point this season. I don't think LeBron could be traded this season. It'd be the offseason. It would be be the the offseason and he could be traded. Listen, LeBron's still great. I would do that in a heartbeat if I was the Suns. Get LeBron, win that one championship because he still could. I think you put LeBron on the Suns next year, I think they could win it. Now, when when they say that, do they mean this season? Because this year could be no. They mean this calendar year. This so calendar they year. They don't mean yeah. this season. Yeah. They mean this calendar twenty twenty three year. Yeah, I would expect that 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 that's right. But it may happen after the season is over. I tell you, there's another player they mention, and we talked about this a little when you were gone last week. Pascal Siakam. If he is I'll, available, I'll him. get him, get him, get him, get him, mm-hmm. get him. Get him. Remember, Get when, him. Remember with DeAndre, there was a lot of talk about Aiden. Well, what about Toronto? Maybe Toronto needs a center. Maybe would Toronto give up one of those guys? Uh, you know, but they, they weren't going to. But yeah, listen, if Toronto, Toronto's falling apart, they yes, have not they played are. well. So if they were willing to deal him. I mean, I would be extremely interested. He, he's, he's a great the guy. Player. You know, like we talk about superstars that, that come available. Yeah. I mean, he's an all NBA third team guy from a year ago. To me, he is a star. And if, if he is on the market, man, I am. Picking up the phone, what does it take? I got draft picks, I got guys, I got, let's talk. Because I think Pascal Siakam and Devin Booker, that is a window to look out. Could I get Fred Van Vliet too? I really like him. (laughs) I know you do. That's going to do it for us right here. I believe the Big Red Rage is next. They're next. See you tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.